Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Well, today on the Beeson Podcast, we have a special presentation for this Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving comes at the season of the year when we've been remembering a lot of different things. Going back about a month ago, we had Reformation Day and Reformation Sunday. We remembered the great things God did through Martin Luther and the great reformers. And then in England, they have a day, as November the 11th, I call Remembrance Day. It's a time to remember uh, the nation and those who've sacrificed for it. All of this time of being remembering and grateful for what God has done in our lives as a people, as individuals, as families, as churches, leading up to this Thanksgiving week. Now, we thought we would do something a little unusual today. Usually it's just I'm having a conversation with someone. Well, I am going to have a conversation with someone, but interspersed in our conversation, we have some of the great Thanksgiving hymns that we've sung through the years. And to introduce them to you is my friend and colleague, Dr. Paul Richardson. Now, Paul and I have known each other for a long, long time. Many years ago, we had the privilege of serving together on the same church staff. He as the interim minister of music, I as the interim pastor. That was the Crescent Hill Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky, in I think the early 1980s. Long time ago. We were both colleagues at the Baptist Seminary in Louisville at the time. Paul is a native of Virginia. He holds the Bachelor of Music degree from Mars Hill College in North Carolina, Master of Church Music, and Doctor of Musical Arts from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. But for a number of years, he's been my friend and colleague here at Samford University. Paul, welcome to the Beeson Podcast. Thank you, Timothy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Now, Dr. Richardson, Paul, I may call him that, we've been friends for so long, is an outstanding scholar of hymnody. He has served as the president of the Hymn Society in the United States and Canada. He has written numerous books and just recently was very involved, chair of the Organizational Committee for Celebrating Grace, a hymnal for Baptist worship. So I want to begin by asking you a question you of all people should be able to answer. Paul, what is a hymn? Well, there are many different definitions for a hymn. If you go all the way all the way back to Augustine, he said it has to be praise, it has to be praise of God, and it has to be sung. Now, I'm, I'm a little more generous than he was. I use it generically as a term for congregational song. So I'm not looking at a particular form or a particular textual or musical style, but something that a group of people sing together in worship. Now, I mentioned that you were the president of the Hymn Society. Tell us, what is the Hymn Society? What do you all do? The Hymn Society is an interesting group because it includes professionals, people like me who study hymns, but people who write hymns, both text and music, and people who simply enjoy hymns. So it's both a professional and, if you will, amateur in the best sense of that, people who love it society. We publish a journal. We have hymn searches. Uh, two years ago, we hosted the annual conference here on this campus, and so we had hymn festivals and presentations, and we have some of the finest worship that you'll find anywhere. Wonderful. I remember some of those uh, meetings of the Hymn Society here at uh, Sanford University. Well, I want us to get right into these hymns we're going to listen to today. We're going to start with a hymn that's probably one of the most familiar of all the Thanksgiving hymns. I want you to tell us a little bit about it. Now, thank we all our God. 
Many of our Thanksgiving hymns come from situations that we might not think would prompt thanks. This one comes from the Thirty Years' War. And the pastor who wrote this, Martin Rinkert, was in Eilenberg in Germany. And he was, I'm told, the only pastor left within that walled city when they were both under siege and dealing with the plague. And he is said to have conducted as many as 50 funerals a day, obviously not 50 services, Mm. but to have presided over the interment of as many as 50 people, including his wife and most of his children. And in the midst of that, he wrote what he intended as a table grace, Mm. as something that would be said or sung gathered around the table. And it's now, thank we all our God. It's actually based on a verse out of the apocryphal book of Ecclesiasticus. Uh, now bless we the Lord in all things. And it goes on to talk about things for which we're thankful. And it's always been remarkable to me that given the situation he was in, that his chosen expression was thanks. You know, this is a hymn that's been used at special moments in church history. I'm thinking of uh, the great assembly of the Barman Declaration. Once they had accepted that uh, statement from 1934, uh, just at the dawn of the Nazi period and all that was going on, the whole assembly stood together and in unison sang this hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. And I don't know how far back it goes, but we often hear a mighty fortress referred to as the the battle hymn or the marching hymn or the hymn of the Reformation. But fairly early on, this hymn achieved a similar status. And so at a time of national thanksgiving in Germany, this would almost certainly be the first hymn that would occur to them. Well, we'll listen now to Now Thank We All Our God, arranged by John Ferguson, sung by the Grand Rapids... Symphony Junior Youth Chorus.
a great hymn. And you know, Carl Bart loved this hymn, and he especially liked this phrase, this bounteous God, you know, this overflowing with goodness, a fountain that never stops splashing, de- depiction of who God is. Uh, and, and this also has a Trinitarian focus, doesn't it? The third stanza is really a Trinitarian doxology, and it, it is remarkable to me the span of ideas he covers in those first two stanzas. It's integrative at the personal level, heart and hands and voices. Uh, we've got everything from the heart to the world, from the mother's arms to the idea of consummation. Mm, it's wonderful. So it brings together the theological, the doxological, and the very personal elements of Christian faith all in one tremendous hymn. Now let's go on to our next hymn. This is a hymn, We Gather Together to Ask the Lord's Blessing. So familiar, but tell us about its background, Paul. Well, to me, this is the quintessential hymn. This is the one that I think of when everybody comes home for Thanksgiving and we go to the community service, this is the one everybody knows and we're probably going to sing together. But it has the most distant background to it for us. It was originally a Dutch hymn, and it's written out of a military victory. This is when the Dutch won their independence from Spain. And so if you look closely, especially at an older version of the hymn, you'll see uh, the freedom language, you'll see some military language. This came out of their real-life experience, which, of course, they saw as the hand of God in their gaining their freedom. It only came into modern use around the turn of the 20th century when Theodore Baker, who was an editor for G. Shermer, the music publishing firm in New York, did a translation of this, but it, it quickly became popular. Yeah, you, you hear these lines, Thou leader triumphant, still our defender will be. You sort of you hear the soldiers marching into battle, mm-hmm. and that was a tremendous struggle. It was a civil war in which uh, the, the nation really was born out of a great uh, struggle, and it re- kind of reminds me of the fact that a lot of our Thanksgiving comes out of this period of, of, of wrenching experiences, mm-hmm. pain, suffering, sorrow, war, violence. And in the midst of that, uh, of all that's swirling around us, there is an opportunity to lift our hearts in thanksgiving to God. Uh, we gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Let's listen to this now as it's performed by the Quincy Choral Society from Quincy, Massachusetts.
Now, Paul, this is a hymn with an interesting history, and it's been used sometimes uh, to a different uh, text, isn't it? Yes. In some hymnals, including the one here in the chapel at Beeson, there's another set of words to this that begins, We praise you, O God, our Redeemer, Creator. Uh, because of the historical background of the first one, many people even in that time found the military imagery a little strong. And so Julia Cade Corey wrote another set of words, and, and your hymnal has both sets, so you have a choice. How about that? Well, let's go to our third hymn. Come, ye thankful people, come, raise the song of harvest home. Now, this is really the harvest hymn. The Thanksgiving, the season is is nearing its completion. The crops have been brought in. And so we gather together, sometimes in families, sometimes in churches, and often as a community, coming together across different denominational lines to celebrate together and thank God together for his blessing. Tell us about this hymn, Come Ye Thankful People Come. Well, it's a British hymn, and the British don't have a festival of Thanksgiving, but they have a day of similar celebration that's called Harvest Home. And so you'll find that phrase, I believe, four times in this text. It's in the first line, come ye thankful people come, raise the song of Harvest Home. It's a particular day. And to me, the most interesting part of this is what's sort of buried down in stanza three. We're singing about the agricultural harvest. We're using the imagery of wheat and tares. And then all of a sudden we start preaching on two of Jesus' parables, hmm. one about the tares and wheat being sown together and the other about the angels uh, harvesting them and throwing the tares in the furnace. And so here we are uh, on Wednesday night, usually gathered around in a warm church with warm feelings of the people around us, and we're singing happily about casting the sinners into eternal punishment. So there's some, uh, let's say, uh, tension in the gospel. Yes. And it's reflected in this hymn. And, and so here's Henry Alford, who wrote the text, and he really is preaching. He's saying, okay, here we are, here's today's circumstance. Well, here's how Jesus used a couple of these images of the harvest. Let's listen to it.
Well, this is a wonderful time to sing, to celebrate the goodness of God. But let's not forget that Thanksgiving really uh, arose as a celebration in this country in an official way through a proclamation of Abraham Lincoln, which was given on October the 3rd in 1863. Now, of course, that was right in the midst of the American Civil War and some of the bloodiest fighting that was going on uh, during that great conflict. In the midst of that, Abraham Lincoln offered this proclamation uh, which went out throughout the whole country. I do, therefore, he said, invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. But it wasn't just to be thanksgiving. Lincoln also went on and said he recommended that while offering up these ascriptions due to God for his blessing and deliverance, that we also, with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to God's tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, and sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged. So this was a Thanksgiving proclamation and a Thanksgiving call that came out of a great deal of suffering and pain. And uh, we have to think in our world today, there's many of the same kind of circumstances are still going on. Well, we want to, uh, we want to close this podcast today with one final Thanksgiving hymn. Uh, it's, it's the most recent, I think, Paul, of all those that we've uh, considered today. Uh, for the fruit of all creation. Tell us a little bit about this hymn. Well, this is my favorite of recent Thanksgiving hymns. Fred Pratt Green was a Methodist minister. He was a published poet, but he really didn't start writing hymns until he retired. So he brought poetic skill, he brought pastoral insight, and he was a very skillful writer. I call him the most useful of the recent hymnists because his style is traditional, but he addresses a lot of contemporary topics. This is a three-stanza hymn. The first one talks about the agricultural harvest. The last one is sort of a bookend with the harvest of the Spirit. But in the middle stanza, he talks about what it means for us to be thankful in our living, in the just reward of labor, in the help we give our neighbor, in the worldwide task of caring for the hungry and despairing, in the harvest we are sharing. And it's written in a litany form. In the first stanza and last stanza, the response is always, thanks be to God. In the middle stanza, where we're talking about how we live our thanks, the response is God's will is done. And it ends with what to me may be the best three lines since Charles Wesley. For the wonders that astound us, for the truths that still confound us, Most of all, that love has found us. Thanks be to God. Let's listen now to For the Fruit of All Creation, sung by the St. Olaf Cantorai.
I've been talking today to my colleague and friend, Professor Paul Richardson from our School of the Arts here at Sanford University. Uh, he's past president of the Hymn Society of the United States and Canada. Thank you, Paul, for sharing with us some of the expertise you have on these great hymns of Thanksgiving. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I hope our conversation will help folks to sing with the Spirit and with understanding. Wonderful. I think it would be good if we close this podcast by just offering a prayer to the Lord. This is from the Book of Common Prayer. So let us pray. Almighty and gracious Father, we give you thanks for the fruits of the earth in their season and for the labors of those who harvest them. Make us, we pray, faithful stewards of your great bounty for the provision of our necessities and the relief of all who are in need to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I want to express my thanks for permission to use recordings and text that was granted to the Beeson Podcast by Soundwaves Recording, Hope Publishing, the Quincy Choral Society, the Grand Rapids Symphony Junior Youth Chorus, and St. Olaf Conterai, and Dr. John Ferguson. Recordings of the music you heard today can be found at soundwaves.org or, alternatively, on iTunes. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast with host Timothy George. You can subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at our website, beesondivinity.com. Beeson Divinity School is an interdenominational evangelical divinity school training men and women in the service of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast will aid and encourage your work, and we hope you will listen to each upcoming edition of the Beeson Podcast.